Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Do you understand how much space it takes to store a fluffy pillow? What percentage of your house is pillow? 35. (laughs) The dangers of taking your children to the grocery store. It's always a bit of a gamble, isn't it? There's always going to be a time in your life where you look at something and you're like, well, I guess we're buying that now. (laughs) Because when you take your children, that means little fingers, little toes, little mouths. They're used to home. The the world is their oyster. oyster. So when Sarah came and told Taylor and me about a picture that she just saw on Facebook, and it was of these two lovely red tomatoes that she specifically did not ask for at the grocery store Hmm. when her husband took the kiddos to the grocery store. We don't need tomatoes. Why are there tomatoes? (laughs) And then she turned them around and then she took a picture of it and put it on Facebook. (laughs) In both of the tomatoes, there's various size bite marks. Like there's an actual tooth mark yeah. from the toddler and then there's gum indentations yeah. from the baby. Baby was really trying hard on that tomato. They but just what? walked by and they're like, hey, it's it's fruit. This is good for me. She's like, why do you have tomato? Oh. That's why. All right. We have tomatoes <laughs> because of the kids. Now, maybe you're going to have to do it this weekend. And if you get to do it without children in tow, <sighs> grocery shopping should be a breeze. Because when you add the kids in, it usually leads to a grocery store escapade. What's really difficult is when you actually work at the grocery store oh. and you take your five and a half year old and your two year old in and you have a full cart full. And the five-year-old needs something for school, so you're helping him, and the little one is deciding to get out of the car all the time. Oh, no. So he gets out of the car without me knowing, because I'm at the end of the aisle, and the car is, of course, parked where I left it. Mm -hmm. Turn around, the two-year-old is nowhere to be found. We had people in the store helping to try to find him. Everything else went into the next aisle, and all of a sudden, we hear this giggling. (laughs) My (laughs) oldest son goes... Mommy, I think he's over here, and we go and look. He had crawled in behind all the toilet paper (laughs) and covered himself back up so you couldn't see him. But then the giggling toilet paper gave it away. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. So I was so embarrassed. I told the front-end manager that I was leaving my cart, and I would be back in a half an hour to get it without kids. (laughs) Oh, we're just going to run in. It won't be a problem. Oh, we're going to have mother-child bonding time. It won't so be a problem. So simple. Oh, they say take your kids to the grocery store. It's good for you. <laughs> what happened to you in the grocery store? My daughter is now 11, but when she was a toddler, we would go through Walmart. You know how kids like to pick up toys and stuff. So we were in the dog food section. I was getting dog food, and she found this hog that makes us really loud, and it sounds like a snoring sound. <laughs> She chased me around a couple aisles saying, Mommy, this is you snoring. Tons of people around me. She got into the habit of doing it every time we went to the store, even when I tried to miss the aisle. (laughs) She'd find it every time? Every time. We'd we'd miss the dog food aisle, and she would still somehow make her way to the dog food aisle. She'd find that hog and chase me around a couple aisles going, Mommy, it's you snoring. 
Hi, Sue. Do you have a grocery store escapade story? Yeah, I do. It's not so much their fault, but I've never wanted to be home in all my life. Oh. My daughter was three and my son was six, and I'm testing tomatoes or something. I'm preoccupied. My daughter says I have to go to the bathroom. And being the mother, I you know, I guess I just kind of forgot time and... <laughs> We're walking along, and she goes, I have to go to the bathroom. I went, oh, okay, you know. We're walking along, and pretty soon I start slipping and sliding. Oh, no. I know. I'm like, what's going on? I look down. Yep. She had an accident. (laughs) So I run to the (laughs) I'm running to the bathroom with my son, and, and he's running beside me. We get in the bathroom, and I'm like, oh, no, we're all wet, all the way down. So we undress, and I'm like. Now what am I going to do? How are we going to walk out of this store halfway normal? So now I'm thinking like a MacGyver. (laughs) Pull the plastic bag out of the trash can, put everything in there, and I look at my six-year-old son and I say, give me your underwear. And I'll never forget the look on his face to this day. And it was like, no. I said, yes, give me your underwear. So finally we get her dressed up and we, as normally as possible, walk through the store with my little bag of washables and my daughter and my son's underwear and my son complaining because now his clothes don't fit right. (laughs) He wrestled with an angel. Jacob. Wrestled with an angel. Isn't that one of the craziest stories in the Bible? And Jacob, in the Bible, was a patriarch of our faith. But I tell you what, his life, Dallas Dynasty, they got nothing on some of these stories of our patriarchs. Jacob was a scoundrel. He was a scoundrel. (laughs) But at this point in his life, he sent all of his children and wives and goods across the river. He's alone and he's sleeping and an angel comes to him and they wrestle. Now, I don't know if Jacob picked the fight or if the angel picked the fight. They don't really. It's just like all of a sudden this dude shows up and they're like, we should wrestle. I mean, what led to the wrestling? We don't know. But Jacob wrestled with an angel. It says that the angel or the man, the man could not overpower him. And so he touches Jacob's hip socket. And then Jacob goes down. And then, what does it say? Jacob humbled himself after that. Mm-hmm. And then the, the angel left. Jacob stood up and he went on to do the second half of his life. A much more humbled man. As I was reading that, all of a sudden I saw it in a completely different way. Especially when I read a theologian that said, I never trust anyone without a limp. Because Jacob left that wrestling match with a limp. He wrestled with God. He had an issue. He wrestled. He lost. Mm. God won. But he would always walk away from that marked with that scar, with that limp. I have wrestled with God. I, I, I think I lived a good portion of my life Very arrogantly smug Mm. in who I was in, you know, my upbringing and then my marriage and then my kids. And then I went through a divorce. Yeah. I wrestled with God. God won. Mm. So I will always walk with the limp of a failed marriage. But I'm humbled 
So now God can use me. I remember looking at this guy in my small group and he says, you're either going to go through a trial soon or you're in one right now. I remember sitting there as kind of like this fresh-faced, young married couple. The whole world looks beautiful in front of us. <laughs> You're so in love. And, you know, you kind of talk about like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, you know, things are really good. I can't really think of a whole lot that's gone on. And here he says that you're either about to face a trial or you're facing one right now. And you guys were like, well, we're fine. We're good. And guess what? Lindsay and I have had some trials. Yeah, you have. We walked through a lot of years of grief. We've had all kinds of different heartache. I've been unemployed. We've bounced around. And I think the temptation is to present this side of you that doesn't include the limps that you've picked up along the way. You kind of want to hide your limp. You want to walk a little bit straighter, walk a little bit better. You mean like the social media filtered yeah, version yeah. of yourself? Put up that fil- and I'm not saying you need to get on social media and just be like, here's everything that's wrong in my life right now. But I was actually just having a conversation yesterday with somebody. And you know how you have those conversations that just kind of start circling one of the bruises in your life? Mm. And you've never told them about that bruise. But it's just the conversation's right around there. And it seems like it makes so much sense. And you're bouncing back and forth in your head. Is it safe for me to share this? But as we were talking, I realized, hold on. This, this woman has shared one of her bruises with me. She felt safe telling me about her limp. And so I told her about my limp. And guess what? She didn't hang up the phone. (laughs) She was really kind. And we kept on talking. And our relationship grew a little bit stronger through that phone call. And the thing about sharing a limp, sharing your bruise, sharing that trial that you're going through is, yeah, there's a risk that somebody's going to say, oh, I don't know about that. But the people who, instead of walking away, draw closer, those are the truest friends you're going to find. I never thought to ask this, but it is confounding. Every time you get a decent amount of snow, you have all the snow bank built up on your sidewalk, and then trash day comes. And if it's trash day and recycling day, oh boy, that's a whole other issue. That's the issue I'm facing tomorrow morning. And basically, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, Ben, <laughs> go take out the trash and recycling. And whatever he comes up with is what we're going to go with. I don't know where he's going to put it. Well, yeah, I, don't know, I, I don't know. I look, is it like, do I climb Mount Des Moines? <laughs> And just like get out my hiking poles and put the the trash can all the way on top, even and though that's that going to put it higher than the truck. I know is that acceptable? I don't and even so, know. Here, here's what I have settled on at this point. I just kind of put it at the very end of the driveway, as close to the bank as I can, and then when I'm backing out, I just kind of swerve around it no and hope that the snow doesn't make me spin out. You're literally trying to maneuver around your trash and recycling both of them too. I don't recommend it for anyone, but that's all I can do right now so it snowed monday night into tuesday Uh right so tuesday people have all had to figure this out what do you do with this trash can and recycling can there's a glacier where your trash belongs a glacier on top of a mountain on top of something that i don't want to have to climb and i have a narrow driveway i can't dodge around it i could put the trash and recycling out and stay home I suppose, yeah. but then I wouldn't be here. So if you have a trash snow mountain solution, we want to hear it. My husband is really clever because I had the same issue for years. So he decided to create a spot on the curb. So after a big snow, he will move the trash cans like beforehand. Like if we <gasps> hear snow is coming, he'll move them. He'll create a spot. 
Then when it snows over the top, he'll pull them back out on the curb, so especially we're close to trash day. Snow blow, create a path for both of them and leave them there. He presets the trash and the recycling before a snowstorm. He does. Man! <laughs> Yeah. That is amazing. Your husband <laughs> presets the trash yeah. and the recycling. I'm impressed. He's a keeper. Totally. <laughs> so my plan A was that a giant heat wave was going to come along before tomorrow morning and melt all the snow. Supernaturally. Supernaturally. <laughs> hey. So I didn't have to face this dilemma of where do you put your trash and recycling bins when you have a mountain of snow on either side of your driveway? Well, Macy has a perfect solution for you. What you do is you take a look at your teenagers and you hand them the shovel and you say, buddy, I need you to go where many have gone before. (laughs) It is your duty to create a suitable living condition for the trash cans by the curb. And you just make it an honor. Oh, an honor. An honor. do this work. Teenager, perhaps this is the moment for which you were created. (laughs) Exactly. And then you just fill them full of hot chocolate once they come back inside. I like the way you think. I do, too. I got to get myself one of those. <laughs> you're, you're missing out, Taylor. It sounds like it. You can't borrow mine. Sorry. Oh, okay. He's going to be busy digging out a trash bin cove. I'm a little miffed. You're miffed? Just a little miffed. I'm miffed. I'm Jen. We've been talking about what you're supposed to do with your trash bin when it's trash day, but there's a mountain of snow on your sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Macy yeah. comes in with this great idea about how you can utilize the gifts of a teenager. <laughs> and then Jen I comes. I one of those. And I you said one. I can't have him. No, he's mine. I can't even borrow him for a little bit to just like carve out a cubby hole for my trash can. I'll have to think about that. Steve is here coming to my defense. Why can't he borrow yours? (laughs) It's a valid option. Because he would rather go and work with and for Taylor than do anything around my house. So if Taylor can borrow your teenager, then I think it's also a valid option that your teenager should be able to borrow your Taylor. (laughs) Wait a minute. They can work together on... Both houses, Wait and a minute. now I've gotten them both in trouble. My work here is done. You're welcome. Have an awesome day, Steve. You too. Have you ever been handed something and told under no circumstances should you lose this? Oh, my goodness. There you go. Sure, it is surefire way I'm going to lose. Very expensive to replace, oh, no. so keep tabs on it at all times. Guess what, Jen? What What did you... What? I lost that thing. What was it, Taylor? So I have a little... It's like a little USB drive that I use to use a program here at work. And apparently those are very expensive to replace because it like tells the program that I'm allowed to use it. Yeah, because I don't have one of those. Yeah. Why don't I get one of those? Why uh, don't I have one? Do be, they not trust me? Do you no, not trust me? What is it? It's because I don't trust you, Jen. That's Aww. exactly why it is. Well, I quit. Okay. But I, I came into work yesterday morning... And that thing was nowhere to be found. I know. <laughs> I witnessed it. Because I was, I, I leave it in the same place every time. I know. It's always in this one spot yep. because I need to always be able to track it down. And that thing was missing. And at one point I was like, do you want me to look for you? I mean, and because when I, you said that, I was like, I'm going to find it before Jen. <laughs> That's, I was like, I am a mom. I mean, we are known to be able to find things. I'm so going to prove myself at a better finder than Jen. And he was like, I'm going to do it. I'm like, okay. 
So after we got all wrapped up, I went searching in earnest. You want to know where I found that thing, Jen? Where'd you find the thing, Taylor? It was in a different pocket than I normally put it in. <laughs> same bag, different pocket. I have the same bag, and I just put it in a... I've never used this pocket in my life. And I put the key in that pocket instead of the normal pocket. But who found it? I found it. So I beat you to finding it. I didn't look. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. I wasn't looking. I was in there making my hot chocolate. Oh, well, you I asked... I told you I was looking. You, you was lied look- to me? I was looking in the cabinets. <laughs> Kelly, do you have a lost in plain sight story? When cell phones were new, my mom got one and she was like, how do I know it's going to ring if it's not turned on type of thing? And I said, well, that's because you have to turn it on. I mean, like that was back when we really did not <laughs> yeah. know cell phones. So she was talking to me one day and she said, oh, I cannot find my phone. I, I'm going out the door. I just realized I don't have it. And I was like, mom. All of a sudden, honestly, I was concerned. I said, Mom, you're talking on it. And she was like, oh, you're right. I honestly hung up and thought, you know what, just say a prayer because God's got her. She's just really busy. I did that. Of course you did. We've all done it. Yeah. After I totally, like, made fun and laughed at her. Oh, yeah. You make fun of her, and then behind your back, you pray for her. No, I prayed for her right on the phone. Oh, okay. You calm down. Oh, yeah. There's no behind the back stuff with me. We're going to say it right now. Now. I'm going to blame it on the snow. Oh, uh, There's a lot we can blame on the snow. <laughs> because we had a lot of it. But after your little escapade yesterday morning with not being able to find this little USB tag, what did I text you when I got home? Um, could you look for my gloves? At the, you left the office without your gloves? Well, I thought... When I left, I thought, okay, I must have left him in the car. Mm. So I got out to my car yesterday, and there were no gloves. I looked everywhere for gloves. Fortunately, I keep a backup pair of gloves in my glove box. So they're actually where they belong. Exactly. So I had my backup pair, but not the ones that I like. And as the good friend that I am, I searched the office you for did Jen's. Not. I did. Okay. I really did. I really don't believe that. You want to know why? Because of where I found them. Where did you, you find you them? You could possibly have not looked for them. Why? They were on the shelf beneath your coat. Yeah, my coat was hiding them. Your coat doesn't reach the shelf. They were right there. Yeah, it does. Right there. It was my big long winter coat. My gloves were hidden under his coat. He says he looked. I still think it's your fault. <laughs> That's that's the the lesson here. I love how my story turns into you not being able to find I, something. You know, really, really, I'm the hero here. <laughs> like if we if we step back and examine all of yesterday, pretty much I was heroic. <laughs> In what sense? Because it wasn't my fault that you lost your gloves. And when something's not your fault, it means you're a hero. Oh my goodness, children! Let's look it up. Do not listen to him. You he's can, joking right now. You can now. Google it. No, he's joking. Dictionary.com. Hero. L- has listen a picture to your of mother. Taylor. Listen to your mother, not Taylor. I'm a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Times infinity. <laughs> Doctor Heidi, I'm kind of thinking that winter might be the least enjoyed season. Between Taylor and me, neither one of us are huge fans of snow and the gray and the wind. And there's a lot of people who are actually affected by this time of year physically. Absolutely. Seasonal affective disorder. And it is a real thing. And it's um, related to the cold and also really 
related to the lack of sunlight. It makes a big difference on our mood and on our energy. And it can be a real thing that could impact people. I know I up my vitamin D intake this time of year. Supposedly that's supposed to help. I don't know. But there's probably other ways that you can help yourself through SAD. And there's probably ways that you can spot it in somebody. Absolutely. So here are the things to look for. A change in motivation. So you have a you have a lower motivation to get some of your activities of daily living done. That's a fancy way of saying chores. Okay. okay? <laughs> um, responsibilities. You know, Maybe your teenager's having a harder time getting out of bed, a harder time getting their homework done. Maybe work just is just blah, mm. right? It's just you're just not connecting with it the way that you typically do. Maybe things that used to be fun, maybe working out, maybe going out to coffee with friends just don't seem as fun anymore. Kind of that low level, you know, I just don't feel like doing anything mm. sort of mood. And maybe you're also more cranky. Irritability is a sign of I'm sad. It's a sign of depression, and SAD really is kind of a low-level depressive disorder. Okay, so you want to look for those things. Once you recognize them, here are some things that you can do. One of the most powerful things to do is the idea of just putting one foot in front of the other. So you wake up in the morning, you don't want to get out of bed. Just take that next step of getting out of the bed and doing the next thing that you have to do. Second, try to reconnect with those things that you like to do. You drink coffee in the morning. Maybe if you're having a bed, maybe swing through Starbucks. Maybe you don't feel like planning a girl's night out, but plan a girl's night out anyway. And looking for those things that can help you reconnect. The other thing is look for God's beauty around you. Even in Iowa winter, there's beauty that we can see. The sunrises lately have been amazing. Fantastic. Yes, you're right. Okay. And so when we shift our focus from the gray clouds that the sunrise is reflecting off of onto Mm. the actual sunrise, it can shift our perspective. When we watch the sun reflecting off of the snow, we can forget that we have to drive through it. So we hold both together, the beauty with the reality, um, but we can't always choose what the roads look like, but we can choose what we focus on. And by focusing on God's beauty and the the gifts in the midst of the struggle, we can make it until spring. Back when there used to be fun stuff on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) I remember those days. (laughs) My friend asked a question and I laughed out loud because of my answer. Let's see if you can answer this, okay? Okay. I have a ridiculous amount of... And then you fill in the blank. Oh, a little confession time. I have a, yeah, a confession. Uh-huh. I have a ridiculous amount of. And what made me laugh out loud was uh, the conviction that I had just had as I crawled into my bed. Uh-oh. And I got my phone out to, you know, scroll through Facebook. I have a ridiculous amount of pillows. You are kind of a pillow fiend, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah, I have a ridiculous amount of pillows. I mean, I don't just have... A few pillows on my bed. How many pillows are on your bed right my, now? Right now, my pillows go to the middle of my bed if I make what? it. <laughs> I Why? I love pillows. They're so much fun. But they're all I've there got, at the same time? Well, right now they are because I made my bed before oh, okay. I left, which is like another completely different story. But anyway, so I have all these pillows. I have two that I use, and mm-hmm. then I've got all the decorative ones that make me feel happy. And then if you walk into my living room, you'll see that over the weekend I switched from my Christmas pillows to my post-Christmas pillows, and then in the spring, I will That's switch so to my spring much. pillows, pillows, and then it'll be my summer pillows, and then it'll be my fall pillows, all of which I have had to find storage in my house for, Taylor. Do you understand how much space it takes to store a fluffy pillow? They don't stack like plates very no, well. they don't. What percentage of your house is pillow? 35 <laughs> maybe. <laughs> 
Good morning, Erica. What do you have a ridiculous amount of? Cell phone cases. Really? <laughs> do you? Why? <laughs> I, I I get bored with one, so I have to change it up. Oh. And I get a new phone every year, so I start collecting my old cases, and I've got a few customized ones. How many cases per phone do you go through? Oh, probably over 20. Whoa! Whoa! When you say you have a ridiculous amount of cell phone cases, you're not kidding, right? No, no, I'm like, not. Like- I-, I just got a new phone in November, and I'm already up to 12, I think. Oh, sweetheart. Okay. Between you, me, and the fence post, how many phone cases would you say you own right now? Right now, um, probably about 100. I don't sell them. I don't throw them away. I just keep them. You just have them. They, they don't fit my phone anymore. But <laughs> and my kids, my kids have claimed a few of them as their as their toys. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> toys Multi-use. for the kids. Yeah. They like to pretend it's a phone. So. <laughs> You can be ashamed of it. No. Or you can be proud of it. Because it's an accomplishment. <laughs> Somewhere in between. Somewhere in between. It depends on the day. Some days I'm proud of the fact that I am a pillow hoarder, decorative pillow mm-hmm. hoarder. Other days I'm like, man, I would have so much more space if I would just get rid of so some of maybe these. Maybe you're ashamed of the thing that you have a ridiculous right. amount of. All right, Taylor, what do you have a ridiculous amount of besides the knickknacks that you got in your office oh, I've got in plenty there. of toys in you my office. You have a lot of knickknacks you know, in your office. You know what turned into a problem early on when Lindsay and I got married is I would go grocery shopping through Walmart, and you remember that $5 movie bin where Still it's there. just like filled with DVDs up to your chest? I think now it's more like $3, but yeah, yeah that, the, I mean... And who can ever get to the bottom of that giant bin? I can, Jen. <laughs> what? I had a problem, Jen. I would be going to Walmart, and I'd have all the groceries, and I'd just walk by, and I'd be like, oh, that looks good. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Or, oh, that looks fun. You were just buying DVDs? They were $5. <laughs> Sometimes they have like three DVDs per DVD. <laughs> like, you get three movies for five bucks. I mean, it's like, if I'm renting a movie, I'm paying five bucks, because that was before the days of Redbox. So you have a ridiculous amount of $5 DVDs. Many of them unopened. <laughs> Still mint condition collectors. Mint condition. If anybody's looking for the original Batman trilogy, all in one collection. <laughs> With the Walmart sticker. Walmart sticker. It's the great value Batman. I don't know. Maybe you just feel that little zinger in your soul mm. when you hear us ask this question. I have a ridiculous amount of, and then you need to fill in the blank. Do you have something that fills in the blank pretty easily, Lori? I do, and it, earlier you said ashamed of, and I'm definitely not ashamed of this, but many people feel I have a ridiculously large amount of children. Oh. <laughs> How many do you have? I have seven children. I personally do not feel like it's a ridiculous amount, but... You should see the jaws drop when I tell people the amount of children I have. I think it's admiration their jaws dropping in. The fact that you're still conscious. That's not the look that I get sometimes, but that's fine. I'll take it because that's how I feel. How many times a day do you get at least one of their names wrong? Oh, boy. Guys, what would that answer be? Every day. (laughs) Every day. Multiple times a day. (laughs) Thanks for calling. Thank you all for calling. All right. Bye, guys. You're at work. You're busy working on something. Mm -hmm. And you hear your phone buzz. Uh Uh-oh. And you see it's a text from your daughter. And you're like, oh, what's going on? And so you read the text and it says, Mom. 
My car is stuck in the driveway. Halfway in, halfway out. Oh, boy. And I'm like, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. (laughs) Okay, so you know when they plow your street and you're very, very thankful for it, Mm -hmm. but they kind of plow a berm like that on the end of your driveway? There's always the little snow lumpy. Yeah, yeah, the snow lumpy. Well, the snow lumpy caught my daughter, and she was not able to get out, and she also ran into a bank, a a bank of snow. Mm -hmm. So we, uh, she was stuck. Halfway in, halfway out. And she said, where's the shovel? Where's the kitty litter? What do I do? And I was like, you know what? I'll come home. And she's like, no, 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 no. I can figure it out. Good for her. Okay. So the shovel is here. The kitty litter is here. Let me know. So a few minutes later, yeah, it's not working. I can't get it out. And I said, okay, well, and I'm thinking... All right, where are my neighbors? Well, they're at work, they're at work, they're at work. Okay, Mm -hmm. all the neighbors are at work. Who can I call? Well, really, really close to my house are the lovely and wonderful people at Mount Olive Lutheran School and Church. Okay, you can actually see the back of the school from my front yard. (laughs) I have a friend named Julie Duker who actually works at Mount Olive Lutheran School, and uh, I called her, middle of the day, lunchtime. Just random phone call. And this is what she says. Hi, I never answer, but it's lunch, and you never call during the day. What's up? (laughs) I said, Piper is stuck in our driveway. She says, I'm on it. I'll call you back. Oh. That was it. Seriously. Six minutes later, my daughter texted me and said, thank you. I'm out. Julie went to the principal of Mount Olive Lutheran School. His name is Corey. Corey grabbed a couple of eighth graders. They walked (laughs) down to my house. They helped my daughter out. They shoveled the berm away. Oh, wow. And then they went back. Wow. And my daughter was like, I don't know how you just did that, mom, but thanks. <laughs> so I want to thank Corey, Principal Corey at Mount Olive Lutheran School. I want to thank my friend Julie. I want to thank the two eighth graders that got conscripted to go over yeah. and <laughs> shovel a driveway in the middle of the day. Because you know they were like, wait, what? <laughs> I just want to say thank you to all of them for helping take care of my daughter. No. Definitely big props to those 8th grade boys from Mount Olive Lutheran School. Get, and their principal. Get pulled out of lunch to go rescue your daughter from the snowbank. Yes, thank you so much to everybody involved. See, that's not what happened to me when I got pulled out of lunch in 8th grade. Uh-oh, what this, happened? This literally reminded me of a story where I'm sitting, eating lunch, and Coach Sapp comes up to our lunch table, and Coach Sapp is like the most East Texas man who's ever East Texas. And he goes, you three. Come with me. He's got this big old drawl with him. And so, okay, we follow Coach Sapp out the back door of the the lunchroom. What are we going to do? What are we going to help him move? Doors close, and he looks at all of us. And he pulls out from behind his back, and he goes, accidentally packed a rotten peach for lunch. And it's like, it, it is rotten. I don't know how he thought that was a good thing to put in his lunch, but it was a rotten peach. And we're like, okay, Coach Sapp. And then he turns around, rears up like a baseball pitcher, and throws it into the dumpster to explode in there. Oh and then he looks at us and he goes, that's about right. <laughs> and he walks back into the cafeteria. He just wanted you to witness an exploding peach. That was all he wanted. And now I get to savor that memory forever. This has been the Taylor and Jen podcast. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.